All right. We're going to do this. Um, okay. Don't fuck it up. Hello, everyone, and melt. Fuck. everyone and welcome to Maybe Geek Again, a podcast where we cover sci-fi TV shows through the lens of philosophy and dick jokes. My name is Joe and I'm joined by my ride or die co-hosts, uh, Bubs and Shaheen. Hello guys. Hey. Hello. Hello. This is episode 92 of our podcast and we're going to be talking about The 100, season 7, episode 11. You can find us on SoundCloud and other various platforms that I won't list because SoundCloud is the only one I check. We will uh, be posting this to Reddit as well if you enjoy long-form discussion, um, and we love fan feedback, so feel free to come out yell at us there, or on Twitter at MayWeGeekAgain, or send us an email at MayWeGeekAgain at gmail.com. Um, it is great to have you here, guys. Uh, we usually start off with giving a little something about ourselves. Uh, we kind of have run out of facts, so maybe we'll just cut to the icebreaker game, and if you feel the need to express yourself and let us know some crucial bit of information about you that has happened over the last week, please do uh, chime in with that. But otherwise, our icebreaker game this week, literally about ice, which homage do you prefer to describe this week's episode? Lord of the Rings, we had a bit of uh, Sam and Frodo going on. Game of Thrones, a little Jon Snow, and uh, fuck, who's the tall ginger? Torment. Oh, love Torment. Um, or Star Wars, in which case we got um, Bellamy looking a whole lot like fucking crusty Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And or possibly episode uh, five, um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, when he was on Hoth being very cold. But anyway, I digress. Um, so anyway, mm-hmm. hopefully you guys have seen all those movies and it's not an awkward question to ask. Um, Shaheen, why don't you go first this week? Um, hi. Um, I... <laughs> Sorry. My name is Shaheen. Uh, I live in Pittsburgh still, currently. Um, I write a blog at freefloatingperspective.wordpress.com. Um, and I have not seen Game of Thrones, except for the first episode? Um, the very first episode. <laughs> um, well, I guess uh, um, Jon Snow is not not your pick. Yeah, and I and I don't get the, I've I've seen Star Wars. I don't get the Star Wars reference you're talking about. Have you seen um, the newer ones? I haven't seen the newer. Ones. Oh, well, goddamn it! My whole, my, my icebreaker like was horrible. So you're just gonna go by default the the, with Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yeah. You mean like Fair. the ones in the past few years? Yeah, I meant I meant the ones in the past few years. The Disney ones? Yes. Yeah, no, I haven't. Um, all right, well, so much for that icebreaker. Uh, what about you, Bubs? <laughs> well, this is also hard for me because I've only watched the Lord of the Rings Fuck. movies and I, I didn't like them because there was too much hugging. Um, and <sighs> I haven't seen Star Wars as we've... you know what maybe maybe we just don't do icebreakers anymore or you guys come up with them because i am shit at it um no but there were you should have checked (laughs) no i mean it's a good icebreaker because there were like i did feel homages even if i wasn't like quite sure um 
I did like the way that Selena described it as a video game. So why, why don't I go with video game homage? Because it was very like, you know, there's only one path. <laughs> so you can only go one place, apparently. Right, um, and, and, and Ginger. Oh, by the way, per Selena's review, um, I think it's great if we refer to whatever the fuck his name was as Doug. Oh, okay. Because, um, I, I mean, feel free to call him whatever you want, but Doucette? What the fuck name is that? That's, no, I don't wow. accept that. Um, anyway, sorry, continue. Um, yeah, like, there was only one path, and it's like, at no point were they confused as to what they had to do, they just knew the whole time, and that's kind of like, in a video game, yeah, there's times when you're like, wait, but it it always kind of directs you to the right way, because you only make progress if you are going in the right direction, right? Um. Unless it's Tomb Raider. Unless it's Tomb Raider. In which case, you can be stuck in the same level for- Five weeks. Well, that's because you're not, not doing your the right personal thing. experience, or you being upset about that still, Shaheen. <laughs> huh? Not that you're still upset about that at all. I'm not at all upset. I love Tomb Raider. I love. That's what I love about it. Like everyone gives up, and I, I, I kept playing. Like my friends would all give up and be like, "This game sucks," and I'd be like, "I love it." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but Tomb Raider is an exception, and they changed. That's why they changed it. Like now, the new Tomb Raiders are, are the way that you're saying. There's only one way to go. And uh, well, yeah, I just I didn't like the claustrophobicness of that. I think I've described some of the other episodes like this too, where it's like a Baz Luhrmann movie where the universe only exists within like five square miles. <laughs> um, and like, there's there's moments where you see like into the distance, and you're like, how do they know to not go over there? <laughs> right. And so, <laughs> I think yeah, it's a it's a video game. That's the watch. okay. Um. Okay. That that works. Um. I guess I'll introduce myself. Uh. I'm Joe. Um. I live in Austin, Texas. Um. I've I have nothing exciting. Nothing has happened in quarantine. I could say that something happened, but I wouldn't actually know when it happened because time has no meaning anymore. Um, and something may have happened yesterday or may have happened three months ago. So you know, I don't want to lead people astray of exciting events in my life. Um, which homage? You know, I mean, we we totally had a Sam and Frodo thing going. We totally had you know, a Jon Snow chosen person and, and Tormund with his, you know, trusty ginger going. Um, I, you know, and I can see the argument for Star Wars. I'm probably going to go with, yeah, I'm torn between Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. Um, I guess maybe closer to Game of Thrones just because everyone thought that Bellamy was dead and he kind of resurrected himself uh, by mm. showing back up at the epi- end of the episode. But this this episode definitely felt somewhat homage-y. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. Like, I think I think we'll we'll have some pretty interesting discussion about this because we're finally back with Bellamy Blake and he got his finally. own episode. And so, fucking you know, I guess... Finally. Like, fucking finally. Um, so this episode was called Etheria, uh, directed by April Winnie and written by Jeff Fleming, who um, is, you know, we've talked about him on the podcast before. He's kind of done a lot of sci-fi that you've heard of. Um, so, you know, he's a really capable writer. Um, what were your guys' overall takes on the episode? Um, Bubs, how about you go first? Since you are our number one Bellamy Blake <laughs> stan. Um, I mean, Bellamy Blake has so much charisma. Um, so it was amazing to have him back. 
and just like he was full Bellamy energy. Um, I think like there's been some seasons where he's just kind of like dull. Like see, I hated season five Bellamy. Um, but in this episode, I felt like apart from the whole joining a cult part, which I'm just going to ignore and well. just talk about the stuff before that. Um, it was just like, it reminded me of like the industrious Bellamy from season like one and two. Um, and just kind of like the can do spirit, like let's build this, let's do that. Like always like ready to be a man of action and just like not just say things or plan things, but like actually do them. So like, you know, he has his little buddy that's all hurt and stuff. And he's meanwhile building like a baby gate and sewing rabbit or whatever animal since we didn't actually see any of those animals like little fur socks or underwear or whatever um and making rope (laughs) i thought that was cool um so to me it embodied much of like the bellamy that i love um at least for the beginning part of it and it just the downside of all of this is that we finally have bellamy black bellamy back after 10 episodes of him not being there and he spends the entire time with some rando character we're never going to see again and it's just such a shame because the show i don't know why it keeps making the same mistakes like the same mistakes over and over again um but this is really an opportunity to like build up some of the current character relationships um to kind of make them feel more real instead of any time like Clark says, my friend, you're like, who? You know, like, it really could have, you know, fixed some of those problems. But, you know, whatever. Not my show. <laughs> um, okay. Is that, do you have anything else you want to add? Um, I think that's it for now. Okay. Uh, Shaheen, what, what about you? What, were, what, what did you think of this episode? Um, so I, I like this episode overall. Um. It stayed with me after I watched it. I um, kept thinking about it before I rewatched, um, which is a good sign. Um, and I, I mean, I like the mystical elements uh, and the cinematography is pretty cool. Um, cool, get it? Uh, um, damn it! But. Um, yeah, I mean, some parts of the plot are kind of tropey. Um, like you mean the part where they were in a cave spooning and never stuff. fucked? <laughs> <laughs> um, the whole thing with, like, you know, the literal cliffhanger, cut me loose <laughs> stuff, you know. Um, yeah, that's just really hackneyed stuff. Um, but, um, I mean, and, and you know, you guys were mentioning different, like, possible homages. I feel like just this trope of climbing a mountain to reach a light, you know, that's a very common thing in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you may, uh, you can see why. I mean, it makes sense. Um, and so a lot of it was just, I feel like, I mean, there's like, a, <clears throat> it reminded me in uh, parts of that, of, um, of a Persian novel that I'm sure was not on their mind when they wrote this episode. <laughs> so a, a lot of it is just, you know, um, maybe sort of Jungian universal archetypes mm-hmm. or whatnot. Um, but anyway, um, 
So yeah, but in in general, I uh, I think um, I like that Bellamy got an interesting story arc. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about it more. I'm I'm not. I don't know if you guys uh, are upset about this. I'm not super upset about Bellamy, um, quote unquote, joining the cult. I mean, I'm 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 curious what you guys think about like was it. Yeah, just like, did he have enough reason to believe or not? Uh, anyway, um, so, yeah, um, it was good. Okay, um, to your, to your sort of, like, you know, posit about, about the cult stuff, um, I feel like it would make a lot of sense, like, now that Bellamy is a true, like, I, we, we, we've talked about sort of my, my, tinfoil hat theories on you know a shadow season that existed probably as it was written and then they had to do a bunch of reshoots based on Mm -hmm. you know whatever the fuck happened behind the scenes it would almost make so much more sense if we saw this specific episode so much earlier this season right and that when everyone that we know came through the anomaly and came to bardo that instead of it being levitt if it was Bellamy, that, like, this shock that, like, Bellamy has been there, you know, because, you know, again, like, they've they've done time wonk repeatedly, and they could have, you know, changed the way that it worked, so that Bellamy, you know, had been on Bardo for, you know, a while, continuing to drink the Kool-Aid and whatnot, um, and that he would be the one to sort of, you know, do the, de- you know, the, the, the mocap or, you know, whatever else that they needed to do. Um, I, I, I just really feel like, Levitt's story, kind of who he was in in helping and not helping, like that kind of like I almost feel like Levitt's turn in trying to like help out Octavia and them was too quick, it, you know, given how high up he he was supposed to be in in the Bardo Bees. So that if it were Bellamy, it would make a lot more sense that he would kind of occasionally have these glimmers of like old allegiances and and trying to help out Octavia and all of them. So, um, I I. I also wish that maybe, you know, in again, they had to cram all of Bellamy's sort of voyage into one episode. Um, but I could I could see it happening. Like, I, you know, if we're going to go this route in terms of Bellamy, like, you know, joining a cult and sort of changing who his, you know, partialism is, I guess, in in to use your words, Shaheen, um, that a. I wish that it had been Gaia or someone on a, on a spiritual journey with him, you know, that or someone else that we knew. Gaia would have nice instead of so much in, sense instead of some rando, and that we had gotten this story way earlier on. Um, because again, like we're seeing too many ra- you know characters that we don't really know in this final season, and and the the impact that it would have had for Bellamy to be the one that that believed in the Bardo bees like at first, like would have been such like a gut punch to all of us, like watching being like, what the fuck? Um, so yeah, like I liked the episode. I, I do think about it, like kind of what you were saying, Shaheen, like, you know, it stuck with me. Like I kind of, you know, considered it after watching it. Um, there were some parts that I didn't quite like, like to your, to your sort of cliched, you know, point. Some of the parts were really well written. And then some parts I'm like, why are we doing a fucking like, what what is supposed to be voiceover exposition, which this show really never does, except maybe that one time with Clark and the awkwardness of of Indra doing it at the beginning of this season. Like this show really isn't that kind of show where he's like just going to be talking to an unconscious guy. Um, you know, they, they 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 there was some clunkiness this episode, but overall, I I liked it. But it came way too late in the season. Um, 
I mean, yeah. he, so I, him not showing up until the 11th episode is just insane. <laughs> uh, like, um, it, yeah, it, I mean, so we, I agree that some weirdness continues, definitely. Um, it's hard for me to exactly pinpoint and put my finger on, but it, it, it yeah, definitely. I mean, maybe it's just because we know from previous previous episodes that they reshoot that they reshot a lot of this stuff and um and all of that um well like what if what if just just hear me out like what if we had gotten this episode like octavia hadn't seen bellamy disappear or anything like that like or maybe he he did because that happened like actually a long time ago like if we had gotten this episode much earlier and then we didn't know if they made it back to Bardo, like that they took this leap of faith and we didn't know that that happened. Not that we didn't know whether or not Bellamy was alive or whether or not he, you know, disappeared somewhere, but that we don't know if he made it back. And then, you know, this episode, this late in the season is when he comes back. And then, you know, it turns out that he wasn't, you know, he was actually brainwashed, that he does believe in the cult or something. You know, like it was just, it was so long to go without Bellamy that like, it all right. kind of being rushed up at the end. It's kind of lost its like big emotional impact of him being in a right. cult. Yeah, and it just like shaking no, I, it, what you're talking about. Like you weren't upset that he de- now joined a cult, whereas I'm like mm-hmm. super upset. And maybe it would have been better if it happened earlier. So there's all this time mm-hmm. to like develop through it and kind of give his character mm-hmm. more than just being a, a plot element as the male lead in the final season. Mm-hmm. You know why? <laughs> why yeah. can't his journey be more? About him and not like a cult for the final <laughs> season. Ugh, it just makes me sad. No, I completely agree about it. It would have been much better if it came earlier. Um, I and I and I think it was probably meant to. I have a feeling that it was meant to, but it just didn't make sense with everything it had to cut out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, it's all speculation. We don't know what the, but, but I have a feeling that y- you guys are right. Like, they maybe thought he was dead because they thought no one survives Etheria. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. um, like they knew he was in that Etheria. Only it the was kind of dumb for them to think that he died in that explosion because, like, what, where are his pieces? There is no, like, you know, <laughs> there's no body. And the first rule of, of fiction is you need a body. Yeah, I think if someone's I mean, that. In, in nonfiction, in reality, if there's an explosion <laughs> and you don't find body parts, you probably think they got out or something, you know? <laughs> so, anyway. Um, no, I think Echo's but, whole storyline was added. So then it's like, right, Bellamy, that quote unquote, of, died. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but, um, but as far as him being Levitt, like, literally, Levitt's role have been, like, and Bellamy's role it's um I'm not sure like some parts wouldn't make sense and like for example the whole the part where he fucked Octavia makes sense well that part 100% I mean, makes sense no the <laughs> the whole thing with the flame wouldn't make sense like well, no, I mean like I'm sure they, that they um, had to I, I would be curious if the flame were I have I have all sorts of tinfoil hat theories in terms of where this story was going and where the, when they decided to be like oh well actually like let's make it about the flame or let's bring in Becca Mo-. like some stuff was wonky and 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 puzzle pieces got cut and moved around so like yeah I mean maybe a hundred percent of the Levitt story might not have made sense but 
some of it. Like it, it just seems yeah. maybe some of the Gabriel story too. Um, yeah, yeah. And Gabriel anyway. maybe yeah, to may, die he, earlier. He may have. They may have um, like redistributed Bellamy's roles to a few characters. Yeah, which yeah, um, I mean it. it yeah. That seems that seems logical, and I, again, we're never going to get yeah. fucking answers. Um, but let's actually get into the episode itself. Mm-hmm. Um, we really don't have too much to talk about at the beginning of the Bardo bit. Um, just Levitt being like, holy fuck, he's alive. And then, uh, you know, we go to Etheria. Um, I, I, one thing that I think all of us called out in our notes was sort of a bit of a logical inconsistency with the shepherd's message of love all mankind but also maybe doug beat the shit out of bellamy and try to kill him and so you know we we kind of have this like peace and love unless i somebody else talk about this like i i'm having a hard time sort of parsing (laughs) this dude being super fucking devout and like saying he loves bellamy and all of this but then at the beginning of the episode trying to fucking kill him yeah, we've yeah. talked about this, I think, for a few of the past episodes, right, Shaheen, where it's like, why why was the default um, with Dev and Hope and then Orlando in the other group about going in on an attack? Like, like it was right. like, why, if it's just a civilization who is all about the connection between people and not loving any one person over the others, there's just, right, there's mm-hmm. just, like, such a logical disconnect. Right. Or the fact there that, so like... There's so many internal... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, or or the fact that, like, you can say we're gonna get rid of emotions and be, you know, super logical and stuff, but I think that without Becca, without Allie's chip... That's not possible. It's not fucking, it's it's nice to say that you don't feel things and that you only mm-hmm. love all of mankind and all of that sort of shit. But like when you are faced with having to really, really choose, not like, oh, this one random person versus, you know, all of quote unquote humanity, that's kind of an easier choice to, to square with your quote unquote beliefs. But like, mm-hmm. if it really is someone who is so fucking important to you, Mm-hmm. Does that all fall apart then? Right. Yeah, there are these internal paradoxes in their um, culture and belief system. Um, and I mean, there are several angles you can look at that. Um, I mean, on the one hand, in reality, we know that this is true of a lot of real ideologies or slash cultures or whatever um, ways of life that there's there are certain um hypocritical aspects or paradoxical aspects in them um and sometimes the people who believe in them they kind of embrace those paradoxes um and they you know like the the guy to set whatever he he kind of said something to those to that effect when he was like um understanding that paradox is not a, our place or whatever um, you know, and, and that kind of reminds me of a lot of questions I had when I was a kid, you know, um, when, you know, we were taught religion in, at school, you know, cause in, in Iran, unlike, unlike the U.S., the, the, uh, the government does promulgate, uh, specific religion. And so, um, not like the, the U.S. yet. 
yet. <laughs> um, and so yeah, and and the and there we sometimes we had questions and we were like, wait a minute. Um, so if Allah is so kind or whatever, then how come he burns people like that? That's a little weird. Um, or whatever, you know, and, or like there are verses in the Quran about like, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff about being kind and, and, you know, all humanity being equal and everything. And, and Muhammad, you know, freed some slaves, um, according, uh, according to some accounts. Um, but, uh, but then, you know, there's also stuff about like, yeah, if, if, um, you know, people, infidels refuse to, you know, find the right path, then it's okay to do such and such to them. Um, you know, take their stuff or whatever. Stone them. You know, kill them or, yeah, at the very least you can tax them. Like there's this thing called jazia where you can just like tax them for not being Muslims. Huh. Um, and so, yeah, and so the, the, it's a little, you know, sometimes doesn't add up. And, and when we ask questions, a lot of times the answer you get is, well, um, you know, some version of, you know, God works in mysterious ways and, you know, we don't get it, but that's, that's just the way it is and you just have to believe it. Um, and, you know, and you can see this also in secular cultures. It's not just the future of religion, you know, like, um, a lot of, you know, former, um, Soviet Union, um, governments or, um, uh, otherwise, you know, um, Eastern Bloc governments where there's a lot of, um, sort of ironic aspects to it, uh, from, you know, the corruption of the leaders where like they talk about like, oh, we are not materials. We don't care about like, uh, accumulating personal wealth and stuff but then they live these you know lavish luxurious lives mm. themselves and it's like all the, the, you know, the super pre the 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 mega church pastors who have fucking jets oh god right and are like you know i need millions yeah. of dollars to get close to god okay <laughs> right that sort of thing and so there's um we've seen this in you know all sorts of cultures um we continue to see it um and you know there is a lot of obviously and we we see this today on the streets uh even of people who claim to be for peace but they believe the path to peace is through violence um you know peace and justice and equality and whatever else um but they think that you can get there through violence and i, I agree it's weird and, and paradoxical um but there are people who believe it <laughs> so on the one hand you can look at it as well that they're just depicting that um you know just the fact that that exists in the in the real world um so on the other hand yeah go ahead no no uh, well tell me if this like is is too soon and because i was reading kind of your notes and you said you know can uh, you care about someone without giving more weight to their life and you know is mm -hmm. that is that the the hypocrisy that you're kind of getting at so yeah i mean uh, the thing is like despite all the hypocrisy i mean the one part of the hypocrisy in their uh whole culture is the the fact that they they're like deifying this person right this mm -hmm. they are putting one person above Yes. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, like, 
you can say you don't have individual bonds, but you have clearly your um your leader is you know has put himself in this position of being worshipped and being treated as unique and you know it was interesting to hear his own perspective when he was like i don't think i'm god but i do think i'm chosen um and so you know and we don't know like how much of it he created and how much of it is just stuff that people created while he was in cryo um that's never been like how much of the all this these you know superstitious stuff Oh, like when, like, like that, his followers just kind of like came up without him, right? And then, that and then he just gets like, out and he's like, "Well, that sounds all right. Yeah, sure." Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, because like he's like, "Call me Bill or whatever," you know. He's like, "Yeah, I don't know what the whole ship." Sometimes it sounds like he's like, "I don't know what the whole shepherd thing is about." I'm Bill, <laughs> but whatever. Like, it's fine. Like, he's not gonna protest it. Um, no, it's like he walked away from his Sim City with like the pulpit on, <laughs> and he came back, and everyone's like, "King, King, King." <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and so, but yeah, it's it's it, it is um, ironic. But I was thinking to to your point. Um, Joe, the, the comment that you were mentioning, um, there are they make some good points or interesting points that, like, unfortunately, are coming out of the mouths of you know some people who are kind of creepy and culty. But um, <laughs> this cult leader has a it. makes a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you uh, you can think about some of their points, like um, this whole thing. Like, I'm glad that they're bringing up the the whole. Cadigan cult is sort of a vehicle this season to raise this issue of partiality and tribalism, right? Mm -hmm. That has sort of been taken for granted for most of the show. So I'm glad that they're addressing this um, because from the majority of the show, you know, seasons, what season are we? Seven. Seven? Uh, Seasons one through six. uh, For the most part, people didn't question this idea that there are certain people that you care more about. There are certain special people in your life, your people. Um, it could be your family, um, your loved ones, um, or more broadly, your tribe, your your uh, crew um, that are special to you and you care about them, of course, more than anyone else. And um, the only question is, like, can you balance that love with um not being shitty to others um and and the thesis of the show was maybe not maybe there are no good guys right that's where maybe there are no good guys comes from is maybe because we all care about some people more than everyone else we all end up doing shitty things to other people um and maybe there is no way around it this is the first time that they're saying maybe there's a way around it maybe don't prefer some people to others um right maybe you can love everyone equally maybe that could be just as fulfilling even maybe more fulfilling than loving uh, only a few people because there's a paradox in that as but well is right? that possible is that is that humanly possible is it possible to i mean because mm-hmm. you know the 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 
the poets and all of this throughout human history, you know, love, it's so powerful, it's blinding, it, you know, it comes on at you. And like, you know, there have been studies that show, you know, it is a chemical change, it does make you crazy, like it makes you illogical. <laughs> like, is there a way, like, is it, is it sort of this, is it naive is it to- physically possible. Yeah, yeah, is it, is it naive for a cult to be like, you can overcome this, you can logic your way out of it. And it's just kind of like- no you can't mm -hmm. like especially if it is this thing that you know science has proven is a chemical reaction that happens inside of you like can you mm -hmm. just not i mean the other part of it it's like you almost have to like not care at all to care equally and right. so like is that better it's like i think what's that thing shaheen where it's like um it makes sense if it's if it's Crap. I'm going to explain this so poorly. Where you take care of the things that are closest to you and around you. Um, and the idea is uh -huh. that everybody's doing that. So it kind of like covers all the bases. Like I, I'm thinking like, right. so for example, for example, a um, fire station. So like firemen, mm -hmm. you know, you don't tell them, okay, your assignment is the entire world. Well, they're not going to be very effective <laughs> if they're supposed to watch the entire world equally. Lots of shit's going to burn. You know? So, mm -hmm. but if they're told, you know, you you have the jurisdiction of, it, like, this neighborhood to that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Like, do a good job. So, right. I, I kind of feel yeah. like that makes No, there's sense. definitely an argument to be made that um, if you had, like, a thousand people and you wanted to find the most efficient way for them to care for each other... Um, it would probably not be given, you know, limitations of time and space, you know, geographical proximity, all sorts of things, uh, attention span, and just like how many people can, uh, can you psychologically have in your mind as, as people that you care about? You know, there are studies that say like, you can't have more than what, eight friends at a time or something like they say, you just, just Look not. Look at these assholes bragging about having eight friends. Damn. <laughs> 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 um, and so, yeah, so there's an argument to be made that the most efficient way to organize that is to say, instead of saying of each person care for 999 other people, you can say, well, maybe divide up into groups of 10 and care for each other, like 100 groups of 10, and each group cares for themselves among themselves. Um, it would arguably be more efficient. Um, mm -hmm. But it's like... It's still philosophically there's a paradox in it, right? Because like, and that's what Doucette or whatever is pointing out is he's saying, look, you like you say you care about your sister, for example, and and then you hurt other people for your sister, other people who are other people's sisters, mm -hmm. and so that's also paradoxical, right? Um, like, the, what is the only difference between the person you're hurting and the person you're saving is their relation to you. And so it is a selfish thing because who cares about you? Like if you weren't in the equation, there are just two people um, and their lives are equal. They're equally, their lives equally matter. Um, so you're just deciding that one life decides more than other, the other because of a, a contingent relation that it has to you. Um, so it's, so it goes back to, I guess, Joe's question is like, can we avoid this paradox? Because it seems like even the people who are trying to avoid this paradox by saying, okay, we're going to go back to the, you know, maybe the less efficient system. But I mean, if you have a hive mind, like literally electronically connected brains, maybe it is efficient to care, everyone to care for everyone else. 
um, maybe it could work. I don't know. I don't know if that's how they work. We, we'll, we'll talk about that. But um, so, yeah, if, like they said, we're going to avoid this paradox by doing this. But then you can still see in their way of life that they're hostile to people who reject that way of life. Um, right. And so and they're very punitive towards people who reject that that way of life i mean but that's um, that's i think how yeah. how you have to do it with a cult or a religion or any kind of group where like you are trying to get people to buy into something you need to sell them on exclusivity otherwise there is no value proposition there is no like well you know if i can take it or leave it whatever like it doesn't make much like if you're inherently saying this is the right path for you to be mm -hmm. on then that the implicit like non-said part is everyone else is on the wrong path. Like, so if you join with this, if you become exclusive with our like, you know, cool kid table, then, you know, you get all of these benefits and all of these other people who are still going to be outsiders, they don't get those benefits. You're cool and they are not. And like, that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, that's any kind of a, a, you know, a group, especially, especially a cult where you then have right. to teach, you know, kind of, convince people that to an extreme degree um and I, I i think that the only difference between cults and religions is like number of followers like that's, you know it's the same <laughs> thing <laughs> like if you're if you're super devout at you know anything like it's a cult like also, fine whatever how long has it been operating exactly exactly everything like, new is a cult <laughs> exactly well, there's like, an element of worshiping an individual personality that distinguishes usually cults from religions. I mean, but if but, you anyway. if you remove if you say okay, well, without proof there is no God, but like if we are say hypothetically going to accept that Jesus was you know a real dude who lived, then Christianity is kind of a cult. Like, and that's you mm. know what you can do. Um, <laughs> I mean, sorry to any of our devout yeah. you know listeners or whatever, but that's that's the whole point of a cult or you know a religion or anything like that. You are promising people something extra that they would not mm -hmm. otherwise have and that mm -hmm. anyone who doesn't join who doesn't have that i mean there's an argument to be made in terms of um there's some more specificity when it when it comes to religions that proselytize versus ones that don't mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you know that's that's definitely a well, you know, my job in 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 getting all the special cool kids stamps to collect is i need to recruit i need to pyramid scheme um mm -hmm more people into this into this cult um you know versus you know some other religions that are like hey man if you if you find us and it speaks to you great awesome join our cult that way but you know there are also ones that are very much a pyramid scheme um so yeah and judaism I, is like uh who are you do we want you as long as it's not like the crazy crazy super orthodox and for our listeners if you don't know i i am jewish i'm allowed to you know speak to this and not you know get in trouble or whatever um but you know that that you know if it's just the regular run-of-the-mill jews it's it's pretty low-key you know um uh -huh. but if you if you have something um like evangelicalism evangelicism evangelical the evangelicals has that. Yeah. Um, you know, part of their evangelism, is, evangelism, um, part of their thing is you need to like, part of your job is to try to get other people right. because, you know, they're going to be raptured or whatever the fuck. Um, I, I, I kind of think that the Bardo bees are 
evangelists. I mean, that's, that's the side that they're on, but in kind of a way of like, you can join us and we're going to give you five minutes and like you decide. And if not, you're, you're out, you know, um, (laughs) you are in or you are out. (laughs) They definitely like strong arm you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a really interesting point. I mean, you might wonder why that is, you know, to your point about like promising people something more, uh, and, uh, and, um in exchange for membership and loyalty and it it's um you know you might think well maybe that's because of of a fundamental feature of human psychology which is you know incentives you want to incentivize people um and to incentivize people you need a sort of hierarchy where people can get promoted uh you need uh perks and things that people get uh and you know as, as rewards for certain behaviors that you you prefer and things like that and you know i mean there are people have studied for example why do people join gangs given like how much how risky it is and like um you, you can lose your life you can lose your freedom etc um and and the chances of making it as a gang member are pretty low um so why do people join it and and you know the theory a common theory is that it's because of the hierarchical incentive structure where um you you, even though as like a street level uh dealer you don't do really that well and you're in, in danger but if but if you do make it and become the boss or or the regional boss or whatever then you know it's really great so the odds are not good but the rewards are great uh and so um that that's enough to incentivize people so so whenever you have like a whole group of people you need to have some sort of incentive structure yeah go ahead well so so this i mean if 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 i may um i feel like this Mm -hmm. kind of leads us into sort of an interesting option that is up for debate in terms of this episode is was putting Bellamy on Etheria on purpose? Because at that point they had seen the mocap. They knew who he was. They knew the power that he could have over Clark and, you know, the loyalty that he has to those people, to, to the people of earth. Um, And if they could get him onto their side, that would be probably the most powerful person that they could turn. And maybe there was something that they saw in the mocap, you know, that, that showed them that, you know, with the right sort of, you know, chemical, you know, combination that this, you know, Mm -hmm. this could have been a success or this is, you know, the most likely way to do that. Um, Or, you know, for whatever reason, like an argument could be made or that people have posited online that this was no accident. And I wanted to know your guys' take Mm -hmm. on that because, you know, if, if it was no accident, it worked. Yes. Well, I think it's very likely that it wasn't an accident because uh, otherwise it's very confusing. I kind of had this, I think, as a well, actually, or something um, that like, because Octavia said, open the bridge and send him back to Sanctum and I'll cooperate, right? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they open the bridge and then there was an explosion and then Bellamy ends up in Etheria. So... I mean, the are we going to say random. they they the programmed it to Etheria it. or that the explosion knocked loose the anomaly stone and then that fucked him up? Like, I guess that that's mm. sort of the question that we have. Right. It seems to me, like I thought that 
the bridge, you enter a code and that's what it opens. It doesn't just open. You can't like shake it like a vending machine and be like, <laughs> go to Assyria, damn it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you so accidentally yeah, go to penance seems... for 50 years or whatever. <laughs> oh my god. It seems like it was planned. Do you, what do you think, Bubs? Do you think it was planned that they put him there, like wanting to bring him to the cult side? You know, I, I didn't think so at first. Um, and I, I was on Reddit and someone was like, oh my god, guys, I think it was planned. And I replied, I'm like, no, that's just their arbitrary story choices that make it seem like it's planned. We always think that it was like, wow, they thought this through. And then we're like, oh wait, they didn't think about it at all. So that was my like snarky first response. And But then I was like, I thought about it more. I can't remember what the person replied to me, but they were very thoughtful of what they said. Um, and I was like, huh. I mean, yeah, it is, I think, especially when you think about when Bellamy pops back into Bardo, how um, what's-his-face is there with a the blanket. But that could also be um, Ginger went through first, and we don't know what yeah. the time differential is. So Right, like, like if it's a couple minutes, then. I also love that they gave these yeah. dudes wearing furs a blanket. Blankets. Like, they're logos. like, oh, here, here this will keep you warm. I'm like, what? Yeah, and, and they all have logos on them, and you're just kind of like... Do those belong to? Do the logo belong to the giants, or did they bring that with them? And if they brought that, <laughs> did they just with go to them? Costco. Was there a sale on fleeces? Right, but they're like, we need to get a logo machine going, guys, so that we can stamp our blankets. <laughs> like, <laughs> who worked? Who worked at LL Bean and can help with the uh, modern yeah. Um. So okay. yeah, I mean, go ahead. It so um. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it seemed like the the moment Bellamy arrived, um, it seemed like it was just a sec- few seconds later um, after um, Doucette, because he was just still on the floor kind of wincing and, and wailing. Uh, and and he still had the ice bit. in his beard. <laughs> yeah. Good um, But obviously, uh, Cadigan was onto them the whole time. I mean, he appeared in Bellamy's... Well, this is, this is another thing. What do we think is up with fucking Crazy Bill? Does he have his own way of astral projecting? Does he have his is, own chip? Does he have... Is he Allie? Allie? I'm wondering now, is Cadigan Allie? He can't because, be. Like, he can't well, be. Well, I don't know. <laughs> way, to, way to stick to it, <laughs> He can't be, maybe. <laughs> I, I mean... That conviction lasted a few seconds. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I was really confused by it, to be honest. I, I don't care if that makes me sound like an idiot. I was just like, wait, what is going on? Like, this is legit, like a hallucin, like, a, he, he's actually having a vision. It's a hallucin, like, it, it was just like, what? And the only thing that made yeah. sense to me in world from what we've seen is like, we've seen the anomaly force people to hallucinate and to kind of you know so if this is all really the anomaly pushing and it made me think like maybe the final test isn't really what it's about because it's like or the war whatever what if it's what if these like stones are like this kind of like an invasion from whatever I don't know. I see the stone maybe as like little individuals. What if it's like, I'm explaining this so poorly and I think I sound crazy. Um, <laughs> but it's like, um, the stones are just trying to go to all the planets that are potentially habitable. And like, maybe they need the energy of like a, a sentient civilization to create a new one. <laughs> like, okay. 
So it's like the test isn't really a test. It's sucking up their life force to put a new stone somewhere um, because oh, they that's need kind of that. Nefarious. Like, what? That's nefarious. Well, but like if, if it's tricking people and like making them hallucinate these things that connect to them emotionally in a way that forces them to join, like I can't see it as anything but nefarious. Like if well, if, if it was really true, if all of this was real stuff, you don't have to trick people into believing it so so this kind of gets into into the second question that i wanted to ask with regards to bill cadigan and and bellamy's i mean we'll we'll, we'll get to talking about the light beings and stuff but specifically mm-hmm. the bill cadigan hallucination that he had you know the show has never the show has always had some sort of schmiance to back it up right like you yeah. you hand wave it but you're like all right fine like it is rooted there there isn't actual mysticism in Space terms of like bills. you know yeah, like, but this, this, the fact that, okay, Bellamy hallucinates Cadigan. Okay, fine. So do we argue that, 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 that Bill can astral project or he has a chip or some way to like, kind of like make it happen? Or is it a spiritual, you know, awakening from Bellamy, from his subconscious? In which case, my question, of course, then is if Bill isn't, or an argument, I guess, for Bill being able to, you know, have his, be his own alley or whatever the fuck we're going to call it. Um, he wouldn't have been in his robes if, because Bellamy never saw him. What was he wearing in that picture? And he, he was, was just wearing like some regular, right? like, he, he was not wearing the white robes. I know that. And so if Bellamy were going to hallucinate him, one would assume that he would not have him in his identical Bardo Bees outfit. But Does that make sense? Anders was wearing the right white robes, right? So you think that was like maybe, uh, but Bellamy also didn't know that Bill was alive. He didn't, but he just saw the picture. So I think right. there's enough to connect, like, there could... That both could be true? It could be a hallucination in the sense that he saw what An- Anders was wearing, which was, like, the exact same thing. Um, and he just saw the picture of Cadigan with that same haircut. Like, he has not changed his look <laughs> in a while, you know? Um, so, I it's, mean... It's not a great look. Um, this is the exact same thing, I think. It uh, was. Cadigan's robe is, is a little different. I don't... Is it? It's not a generic... Um, Let me see if I can look up screen grabs while we're talking. But, so, it's... I mean, when Bellamy arrived in um, Bardo, Cadigan said, welcome back. Mm-hmm. I guess... Wait, was... But was wait, was Cadigan awake by that point? Yes. Oh, fuck. That's my bad. Wait. wait. For some reason, I thought that it was... It was only Anders. Well, um, no, when... Cadigan wasn't awake when Bellamy exploded. Okay, sorry, sorry. Got it, got it, got it. I know what we're talking about now. Oh, so when... when so, yeah. I read so he said, welcome back. Does that is that a reference to, like, we met in the cave... Right. And now, welcome back? Or is it, like, I know you've been on Bardo... Welcome back to Bardo. Before, so or welcome, back, welcome to back to the humanity or civilization or whatever. I mean, yeah. what do you think, Shaheen? Do you think it's some sort of do you think it's some sort of technology based thing that is allowing him, or do you think that the show is suddenly introducing like legitimate mysticism? I think it's some kind of technology that he has. And I and I think the only you know, the most obvious explanation is the chip, the alley chip that they all have, right? And we've seen um, Ali appeared to Clark, right? Ali saved Clark in the mind space. But they don't have it. Bill doesn't have it, you mean. Like, or at least not that specific chip. Maybe it's a different chip. Something 
alley adjacent. Um, I mean, we don't know what chip he has. He doesn't have he anything because he went from Earth to Bardo. He's not an allegiance. I mean, right? But like he, I mean, we don't know. Like his, he's sneaky. Like <laughs> we don't know what he's been up to this whole time. Like maybe he has invented his own chip. I mean, I before leaving Earth, um, like is he like I I said I don't know is he like possessed by Ali even like is mm-hmm. Ali like I don't know like uh, any number of things could have happened. Um, but you think it's technology based, not Bellamy actually communing with God. I mean, how would that work? Like, um, I don't know. <laughs> there's still ha- there's still has to be some sort of in story explanation, right? Like, is Cadigan God? Is he divine? Or what are we talking about? Like, is it is he? Um, like, are they connect? Like, when they say we're all connected, I assume that's going to get some sort of literal interpretation. Um, <clears throat> when they say we're all connected, so how are we all connected exactly? I mean, a lot of this stuff. Uh, I had notes to talk about this. A lot of this stuff is sort of um, um, sounds very much like Buddhism, uh, is reminiscent of various elements of Buddhism, um, and you know. So, for example, they. Uh, I mean, you have the idea of uh, liberation from self-centered attachments in Buddhism. The idea that you, um, you need to transcend your personal attachments to people, to objects, to possessions, to your own life, to, to, to everything that you, you think is, uh, is worth thing is worth hanging on to and fighting for. Um, and then, and that's when you, you know, experience true freedom of, of soul. Um, and there is this idea of, you know, the idea that we're all connected through a universal consciousness um and you know obviously like in buddhism you have reincarnation so like we get recycled through that universal consciousness um into what appears to be individual consciousnesses but we're really not individual we're all connected together um and that we can you know transcend to that um shared consciousness that universal consciousness that connects us um you know when you become a buddha or when you escape the cycle of reincarnation, you end up in this place, in this ethereal place where you're ethereal. Everyone else. Did you say <laughs> yeah. ethereal? <laughs> um, yeah, I said ethereal. So the um, so it has these elements in common with Buddhism, um, but it's interesting because they don't explicitly deny the existence of the self per se um as these other traditions like buddhism typically do like in buddhism or you know uh, i mean the german philosopher schopenhauer was um heavily influenced by buddhism and um he um talks about how like in his view um the the fact that we can empathize with other people is is bizarre to begin with why would you be able to feel someone else's pain as your own? Um, and and he says that this is because individuality is an illusion. Uh, ultimately, in the world of um, truth, in the world of noumena, you know, the term that Kant 
Emmanuel Kant used, a distinction between the world of appearances and the world of uh, uh, the true world of reality. Um, in that world, we're not really individuals. We're just all part of the same. And, you know, th that's the world where, like, there's no time or anything either. And it's all happening. It's all there at once and whatever. You know, all of your decisions have all been made at once and um, and everything. Um, and so anyway, there's that, that thought in Buddhism that the, the idea of yourself, that there's this thing um, that that is called you is yourself is just is itself an illusion um and i mean there you can think of this from like a non-mystical point of view also what is when you say myself what is that because you know obviously it's not any collection of um like material objects like particles and stuff in your body because those ch change right over time mm -hmm. um and so what is it is it your the collection of your memories um you know like david hume and a Brit scottish philosopher said like there's no self it's just a bunch of memories it's a bundle of memories together um there's nothing that really unites them um and you know so you know from a scientific standpoint you can all it seems like a dubious concept that there's this thing called the self it's just a bunch of you know, particles moving around in space, right? There's no self. Well, I don't see anyone else um, volunteering to clean my room. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes me feel very much like I exist. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good. That's a good argument. I. Yeah. So, so speaking of somewhat mysticism and and somewhat related, uh -huh. I'm I'm kind of like I'm. There's not a, as much to really talk about in terms of the episodes. I'm kind of like getting the big hits here. The uh, beings of light. Since, mm -hmm. you know, what 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 do we think of that? Because the first time I watched it, I actually thought, do you guys remember that old ass Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns like gets super hopped up on his longevity serums and like wanders around Springfield and like everyone thinks that it's an alien because he's like he's glowing and his eyes are all big and like his arms are which was P.S. 1997 was that episode so that can be our 90s movie reference but it was called the springfield files and it was like a uh a yes an x-files yes. um like i think i think um david duchovny and jillian anderson were even even played they were x-files characters on that episode but that's totally what that reminded me of um but then other people have said it looks exactly like becca's um the drawing of becca in um in uh, Titus's creepy trash heap, his, his, uh, you know, oh, his, what was it? Temple of garbage. Um, <laughs> in, yes. in Polis, it looked like with the arms up, it looked like somebody burning to death. Um, do we like, what, what are your guys' what were your guys' thoughts on sort of a them Bellamy and Doug seeing it and then sort of Bellamy coming back and only see and seeing it with his mom and then also only seeing one figure instead of three. Oh, I didn't notice that part. I, I guess like, the first time I watched it, I was like, what the fuck? I didn't really, I think the only thing I'd seen on Twitter before the episode aired for me that like people saw Baby Groot. So I was like, oh, okay, so I guess that kind of looks like Baby Groot. Yeah, okay. So I didn't really think beyond that. But on rewatch, what it looked like to me, it reminded me of um, Becca burning at the stake. Okay, so so the, the depiction of it that was in Polis and the one where we actually saw Becca burning at the stake. Yeah, and I think Selena also wrote that in her review. So I was not the only one who felt that way. Um, 
But yeah, it looked like people burning. Becca, Becca had her hands um, tied. These these images had their uh, arms up in the air, like as though they were praying or flying up. I I still thought it looked like being burned at the stake. But yeah, I mean you're right. Maybe it's more like like a Christ figure, but burned at the stake instead of just crucified. <laughs> I mean, I mean the. the I mean, they the, didn't seem like they were being tortured. That was the whole point. Is they seemed like they were being liberated. I didn't feel but that I way. Mean, like it's. I mean, but that's what it looked like in Polis as well. Like, and we know that Becca was was not voluntarily burned at the stake. But like the depiction, that drawing on the wall in Polis did depict her kind of with her arms up and a lot of people, you know, sort of observing or you know praying about it or whatever like our interpretation of that was you know one thing and then we actually got the footage of becca being burned and it it was not peaceful Mm -hmm. um i mean i i'm pretty sure any connection is accidental because this is supposed to be something completely different but Um, what if shaheen what if (laughs) because there's a lot of instances of burnings like the people on sanctum um, I don't know why. Yeah, they light a lot of people on fucking fire on a this show. A lot of people get lit, get lit on fire, yeah. What What did yeah, you think about it, Shaheen, when you saw the glowing people? So, it's... I mean, my, my thought was, this can be any number of things. Like, any number of theories are consistent with this observation, because I have no idea what I'm looking at. Um, and, you know, I'm sure Bellamy had no idea what he was looking at either, and neither did Cadigan. So I was like, man, that's a huge leap to to that particular, (laughs) to that very specific theory that you guys have. Right? This, this was a civilization here, and then the, and they got liberated, or whatever, they got, they transcend, they transcended, and this is their energy left when the corporal form Whatever, like, that's a very specific theory. Like, is this even, like, is an optical illusion? Is this, like, what are we even looking at? And there are three of them. Like, if it has a whole civilization, I'm sure this is, like, a budget thing, but, like, (laughs) still it interferes with the story. Like, was it a civilization of three? Right? I I don't know. I thought about that, too. Um, It just, I I agree. Like, it, it does feel like a huge leap to go like oh this is ascended and the only thing when i was looking at it um because i think on the third watch i was like okay pay attention like um the the little figures they have little spirals near them so i'm like okay so it is connecting it to the anomaly stone um but that's it like it doesn't apart from that like yeah, I don't understand how on earth you're supposed to extrapolate that they transcended, and this is a good thing, whatever happened to them, instead of not like a, I don't know, it could just be like a heat source, like, <laughs> that you just happen to yeah, like, think looks at people. Yeah. I mean... Decorative the, the art? Is... <laughs> so, I mean, okay, so Cadigan already had reason to believe in transcendence, that there's a, something to that effect. Because of the Bardo and you know manuscripts or whatever that they found. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, he sees this thing. He already has you know it's confirmation bias. He already has 
this theory is his favorite theory, and then he sees this thing is consistent, this evidence observation is consistent with that theory, and so he uh, he feels even more confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyone else seeing that, you know, just from like if you didn't know anything else, if you had no, you know, priors, um. It's, yeah, it's not clear at all what you're looking at. So, like, I could see how it would strengthen Cadigan's conviction, but, and, and like, if someone already believes, like, you know, Duchess or whatever, <laughs> Doug. Um, <laughs> um, he, like, he already believes it, and so this, you know, solidifies his belief. Um, but if you don't believe anything, like, someone like Bellamy, I would still... It doesn't really say much at all, one way or another, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, it, I mean, it didn't seem like Bellamy was super convinced of anything after that, which is good. Um, but it did play some role. I mean, I mean, so this, I guess, is kind of a segue to my question. Is did Bellamy have sufficient evidence to convert? convert? Like, do you think based on what he saw... Um, I... If you saw something like that, would would that move you sufficiently to convert? I don't, I don't think, think it know. was. Sorry, Sorry. go ahead, Joe. Okay. Uh, I don't think that. I don't think that quote unquote evidence is what is necessary in terms of what converts you to a cult. By sort of nature, there is a leap of faith that happens. Um, I think that the. It would have been nice if we had had more than one episode with this because we could have had a little bit better understanding of the passage of time. Like they were in that cave together for three months. So I can see, to your point, Bubs, I don't necessarily love this turn for Bellamy, but I can see how being desperate and trapped in a freezing cave eating fucking moss off the walls you get loopy and desperate and like Mm -hmm. this you know doug is offering salvation and peace and it must be fucking nice like if you are suffering you know after a certain point there's a breaking point and i think to your question shaheen there was there was enough kooky craziness with it especially compounded with either bill visiting him or him having a hallucination whatever you know whichever side you fall on plus seeing his mother you know saying you know go towards the light or whatever the fuck um i think that not that there was enough evidence for him to convert but that there were enough external sort of shitty shitty circumstantial factors that he became much more malleable than we would expect out Mm -hmm. of bellamy Anyway, sorry. No, I completely agree. Okay. Oh, were you saying something? About- oh, I was- oh, well, I had just interrupted her before. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I understand Bellamy feeling a pull towards it, especially like all the reasons you're saying, all the stress, all the like. I mean, a, I would have given given up immediately and never even tried to climb that freaking mountain because like, <laughs> I would have been Jesus dead. Christ, <laughs> like that looks that's such hard work. <laughs> And so tired. <laughs> so tired. I just tired haven't had a bath it. or brushed your teeth in like three months. Like I can't even imagine what it smells like under those furs. Oh my god, no, that's what I wrote in my notes. So I was like, this is the only time that I haven't wanted to sniff Bellamy Blake. <laughs> um, Spoiler: You could sniff him from across the room, even if you didn't want to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I oh, I lost my train of thought. What was what was the question? <laughs> 
Uh, oh, did Bellamy's um, Bellamy conversion? Felt, you said you can understand Bellamy oh, fully. Oh, right. So, um, in moments of stress, um, when Bellamy is like uncertain as to like what needs to be done, like we see all this in season three with Pike. Like he he's he's all ears. He's open to listening to people. Um, and, and trying to, you know, like, does this make sense to me? So in this situation, like all of his defenses are down and he's, he feels tortured. Like he's in like such a bad place. And here's this guy saying like, he's having the time of his life. Um, and so it's, it's totally like, there's a reason why, um, people are able to pull people into cults. Like, it's not just... It's where that person is in their life, but also, like, what is preached to them. Like, the whole, like, something's missing. Something's missing for everybody, you know? And if you're in, like, a, a dark place, if someone comes to you, like, you have something missing, and, like, I can fix that. Like, obviously, that's going to be a compelling um, sell, you know? Um, so from that perspective, I get Bellamy being interested in it and what he experienced was like a, a spiritual moment. Um, but I also see him getting back to Bardo and like, I guess my vision of Bellamy is him getting back to Bardo and no longer being in that situation and being like, okay, wait, so what did I see exactly? <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? Not him, like, just dropping to his knees and being like, master. <laughs> um, mm. it, so I don't like, I don't, I don't see Bellamy as someone who is a sycophant like that in any capacity. He is always the first one to be like, wait, what? No, I don't think that sounds right. Um, mm. And so that part of it was just, like, cartoonish to me. And him especially, like, turning on Clark before he even understands the situation at large um, also is ridiculous and such, like, a plot point. Um, and so, yeah, I get him being pulled towards it and maybe, like, starting to question things and maybe, like, give himself space to make decisions um, that push him t more, you know, towards the cult. But not, like, all in. Not, like... 100% all in, yeah. like, at the snap of a finger. So that's where it's just really, like, just such an arbitrary plot movement. Um, maybe arbitrary is not the right word. Deliberate plot movement. Um, and I I don't like that. Yeah. What What about you, Shane? What did so, you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I completely uh, agree that it needed more breathing room and more time. I think both of you guys pointed this out. Um, that's definitely true. I mean, that's been true of so many things on the show. <laughs> and and yet we get breathing room where we don't fucking want it. Oh, God. Yeah. Everything in Sanctum, yeah. like suffocated. <laughs> just yeah. just put a pillow over its face. It does, and anyways, how does it sorry. matter? Like, just, just from the perspective of having watched this episode, like, why are we still doing Sanctum stuff? Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Shaheen, continue. Um, no, no worries. <clears throat> um, it's never a bad time to, to rant about exactly. Um <laughs> I want to know, does so, anyone like that storyline? Like, I don't mean people who love Amori and people who love Indra and people who love I Murphy love Amori! And maybe, and maybe even people who love J.R. Bourne, like people who love that actor. Like, great, because, you know, he's playing different characters right now. I want to find 
viewers who are like, that storyline has me on the edge of my fucking seat every week. Like, if you are one of our listeners, please reach out. Like, I, I... I don't mean to belittle or insult you. I do not understand. And we just want to know who hurt you. Yeah, I just, I have so many questions. Anyway, back to you, Shaheen. Sorry. Programming note. Um, um, yeah. Sorry, what am I talking about? Uh, breathing room in Sanctum, but not actually Sanctum. Oh, right. No, yeah, so no, I think that, yeah, Bellamy's turn, um, would have been much more convincing if it had gotten more time uh i mean bellamy's turn even so was kind of um the sort of journey that i was hoping um to get for um for the like the warrior queens you know uh, the sort of conversion journey that i thought mm. i would see there like how do you take how do you take a bunch of people who believe in um not cults? quote unquote selfish selfish love and uh and and are not members of your cult and convince them of the truth of your your way um and that one you know had some elements of that but it was not ultimately what i wanted and it turned out it didn't work on them um so this was more of that sort of thing that i was hoping for um and it was definitely a lot more convincing as you were saying i can see how Bellamy might um, get there. And, um, you know, there are psychological elements to it. There are non-psychological elements to it. So, like, you know, definitely being stranded and desperate and... and um, he, he he was hangry, too. Like, you can't imagine that... The, I mean, he's probably just hungry for three months. Like, when I get hangry yeah. for, like, an afternoon, it's, like, a fucking disaster. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And... Um, so there's that those sorts of things, but then there's also you know um, more quote unquote rational elements. There's I mean there's no sharp distinction between them. There's never really no one ever really believes in anything for purely rational reasons. But um, you know there's first of all he's hearing this idea for the first time, um, and at first sounds crazy to him, but you know you hear something for three months straight. Uh, it starts to make sense and you know he's, he's thinking um, well yeah that kind of does make sense and you know maybe the sort of peace of mind that they uh, teach and offer is uh, of a higher kind and um, and like you were saying he can see this this person is clearly happy and um, not suffering not in distress and that's very appealing uh, and then you know he has that vision I mean a lot of people ha have converted after having near life uh, or sorry near death experiences you know where they see something and uh and you know from the point of view of someone who hasn't experienced it i haven't i've never had an nd um but it uh, to us it's like well don't you think you were just like tripping because you know there was a bunch of like dmt in your brain because you were dying and uh you were just tripping up and they often say, but no, but it, it just, it wasn't that kind of thing. It was very lucid. It was very clear. Um, you know, it, it all makes sense. I didn't feel hazy or like I was dreaming. It was very clear to, and, and it was very convincing. So it's something that is not public evidence. And I've always wondered what is the status of non-public evidence? Because 
you know, the kind of evidence that we use in science is the kind of evidence that can be shared um, by everyone and with everyone, right? So, like, if, if you can't share it with everyone else, if people, and that's called replication, if people can't replicate your study, then it doesn't count, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter what you saw in your lab. Uh, you can, like, there have been particles that have been detected, many, many particles that were detected uh, in one lab, but weren't detected in other labs, and we don't think they exist. It's kind of like when um, they try to make New York pizza or bagels outside of New York, and they've tried bringing in the water. They've tried, like, <laughs> using the exact recipe. They've brought, like, and it never works. And uh-huh. so, you know, you just you just can't replicate yeah. New York pizza or bagels anywhere else in the world. <laughs> right. And you may not know why, but the point is, like, it can't be done. as long as you can't, it doesn't count. <laughs> And, um, but so, yeah, and, but what if, what about something like a, a spiritual experience or like an NDE, near, near death experience, where people say, look, I understand you haven't seen it, so you don't believe it. Uh, but I saw it, I don't know what to tell you. I saw it and it was very convincing and it was very clear. It didn't feel like tripping or dreaming. Uh, and I just don't know what else to tell you. That's, that's what it felt like. And now I believe. Um, I I never know what what to think of that. What do you guys think about that? I mean, you can't you can't like poo poo someone suggest subjective experience, especially if like especially if it takes place quote unquote in the mindscape. You know, like you can't uh-huh. you know just be like, no, you didn't imagine that. So I think I think for. As much as we sort of have issues with a lot of the way that the season unfolded, if what they wanted was Bellamy to become a believer, you know, you and I, Shaheen and Bubs think, you know, think that it was, it should have been spread out a little bit more, but they did put enough elements in there where I'm kind of like, well, okay, like, I'm not going to say that's fucking impossible. Um, Because we've already shown that Bellamy does you know does fall in line with a charismatic leader he loves a dad figure um a dad figure who is promising him the end of war like and you know throughout the seasons bellamy has been so fatigued by war and so you know it's kind of a perfect combination of these are all the problems that you know we're able to fix for you i mean it's 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 scientology it's it's whatever you know whatever cult you want they promise a way for your suffering to stop and they, this episode just fucking punished Bellamy and broke yes. him down and made him so tired that, like, of course he was susceptible to it, you know? Yeah, and I, I just want to yeah. say, like, he he doesn't just fall in line with other leaders. He, it's when he's in specific states of mind um, where he's suggestible to this. Because a lot of the times he's, like, he's not for leadership. You know, based on his growing, the way that he grew up on the Ark, where he was part of the lower class and just like whatever um, Alpha Station said went. Um, so he always kind of rebelled in from that perspective that just because people are in charge doesn't mean they, they know best. Um, but yeah, when he's down for the count, when things are really, really rough, like he's willing to see if somebody has better ideas. And, you know, when you're starving for three months, freezing Eating to death and not knowing if you're going to die, like, 
somebody promising yeah. you, you know, an end to pain. Like, I mean, it's, it's uh, the city of light parallels are not lost on any of us. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I mean, the promise of end to pain in this uh, case is like I was saying before, um, is not totally crazy. Like they, they make some good points about you know, the <laughs> paradoxical nature. Hmm. <laughs> like, they're 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 creepy, but like if you ignore that, just like the 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 arguments themselves are interesting, right? Like we talk about the the paradoxical nature of uh, personal attachments and and uh, what they call selfish love and uh, how it causes suffering and and all of that. And um, just from an ethical point of view, even though you know you might justify it on efficiency grounds, from a pure ethical point of view, it's hard to justify why. It's okay to um, kill someone else's sister to save your own sister, um, you know. Anyway, so like it's all it's all an element, and then the the the, the storm stopping um, is freaky. I mean, as you know, you could say, well, coincidence, whatever. But like after everything that Bellamy has seen, and and how it's a persuasive coincidence. His, yeah, and his life crucially depends on the storm stopping um and then he prays and it stops it's you know it's not nothing yeah Mm -hmm. um so unless you guys have anything else on on that sort of aspect i wanted to move us along into them actually reaching the summit well i guess their climb up where we had you know a cliche i'm not gonna let you fall i you know whatever cliffhanger (laughs) cliff a literal cliffhanger um and then, and then they 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 did take that actual leap of faith, as in jumping off a fucking mountain. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything you guys wanted to say about sort of their ascent up there, and then you know the actual decision to jump? I just realized how heavy handed that is—the whole literal leap of faith. <laughs> oh my god, I'm such a, I don't know how I'd not see that before. <laughs> I thought it was actually kind of a Buffy reference um in in some ways. Uh Selena called it out as jumping into Mordor, which is also also fair. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I mean, it's this whole episode like in some ways had some really good nuance and then in other ways, yeah, it was like cliffhanger, leap of faith. Uh <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I thought the the cliffhanger with the you know cut me loose, no, I won't let you die, etc., was super uh, tropey. Mm-hmm. Um, also, still a better romance jumping. than Becco. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to be whatever. The fact that like we didn't, I mean, we were robbed of Octavia and and Dioza, and you know, I kind of feel like Bellamy and Doug like they spooned i got i got a broke back vibe from them it would have been good they spooned they They literally spooned spooned for warmth and they probably spooned for months yeah months (laughs) what a waste what a waste they would have been a cute couple yeah as um what was i gonna say the uh i forgot what it was (laughs) (laughs) well um so they leapt. Is there anything you guys want to talk about with Etheria anymore? Um, Dick Mountains, any of that? Uh, before I move us into Bardo. Oh, Dick Valley. Dick Valley. Sorry. Yes. I love that. Um, our Twitter friend Provision tweeted that <laughs> called out Dick Valley, Dick which, Valley. to be fair, 
it does look like it, it was it was kind of like um sort of a, a craggy mountainous version of um the castles in fuck what's that uh the little mermaid how they look oh, like dicks oh yeah yeah the little turrets yeah. yes i mean it's penis turrets i they're but they were a bunch of dicks like a bunch of dicks <laughs> Um, it was a choice. Um, what about you, Shaheen? Anything anything else besides Penis Valley um, that you want to call attention penis to envy. before yeah, before we go into uh, um, Bardo? Let's see. So we talked about that. Oh, when, um, when Doug was like, there's still something missing inside of you. I was just <laughs> like, no, it's missing inside of Clark and it's Bellamy's penis. Or maybe it is it is Doug's penis inside Bellamy. <sighs> I mean, no one gets what not? we want in this in this show, Bubs. No one is getting what they want. <laughs> Nobody, literally, the characters, the audience, um, in the reaction of the audience, the creators. <laughs> um, yeah, why not just piss everybody yeah, off? Make sure so. everyone's miserable. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll all join a cult. Ooh. Sorry, what were you going to say? Shane? I got nothing. Nothing else. Um. I also have nothing for Bardo. Okay, well, we'll we'll, we'll talk a smidge about Bardo, mostly because Raven nothing got harpered, and I am upset about it. <laughs> like, why the why was Gabriel in there eating a sai bowl? Like, wh- why was he there? Where was Raven? What? Uh, uh, why was Echo there and not like on Skyring? <laughs> Fuck's sake, Bob. Be be reasonable. No, me. I am being reasonable though. Like literally, she just tried to murder everybody, and everyone's like, "Oh, cool. Like no big deal. Like no problem. Totally fine. Like that totally didn't just happen. We didn't Which almost have think- like a huge weapon of mass des- destruction kill everybody. Um, so why? So this is why it's maybe that Bellamy was put on Etheria on purpose because they didn't know. Like, they needed Octavia, Echo, and Clark to be there as leverage for Bellamy. Do you know what I mean? Like, something, or the fact that they just didn't know what the fuck to do, and, of course, we just had to have Echo there, because for whatever reason, we couldn't have Raven there. Like, I, I, but, why, why was Gabriel there? Where was Raven? Yeah, I don't know, Joe, the answer to your Raven question, but, um... It was, I mean, at least they addressed it. Like, there was a, you know, fairly long conversation between two characters about it. You know, where she was like, what the fuck? They're not even being punished um, for for killing Anders? Yeah. Oh, Um, at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. So it was at least it was addressed. Um, I do think that it's a little weird that like, okay, so you've. You don't want to piss off Clark, but um, there's there's quite a path from there to we're gonna put all of them in this in the, in <laughs> Bill Cadigan's suite and give them a like snack. You could, uh, yeah, and like they put him in jail before. I don't know. Is like they they knew all along they're Clark's friends. They that didn't stop him from being shitty to them before. So now all of a sudden saying, well, uh, you know, we don't want to piss off Clark, so let's just be nice to all of them, even though one of them tried to genocide us, is a little weird. It's On the other hand, I feel like um, <laughs> Anders was, like, the one who always, like, 
he was the one doling out the punishments, I feel like. And, like, when he's not the Cadigan is just, like, not... He's not a real, like, leader. Like, he's not a manager. Like, an, he's not an executive, is the way, I guess. He's, like, one of those, like, symbolic presidents or whatever, you know? Or, like, monarchs. Um, mm-hmm. he, he can't do shit himself. So, like, when... when after Anders, they're like, uh, how do we do punishment? And no one knows. And so they're like, well... I guess um, you guys be in this room for now till we figure out what we do. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's annoying that, like, Echo is held to a completely different standard. And they just, like, now we're just going to hand wave the fact that she's been on, like, a how many year revenge tour <laughs> and killed how many people? And it's just like, oh, well, just, you know, Echo. Oh, it's Echo being Echo. What are you going to do? But it's just, like, it's so annoying because it's like, it's not the same as what other people do. It is not at all. Like, the only person who comes close is Hope, and, like, nobody knows that bitch. Like, <laughs> they're both, like, Hope and Echo, and I, I joke about this on Twitter all the time, they're literally, like, a two-person Lifetime movie. Like, Echo is, like, the the crazy ex-lover who l- loses her shit when she loses her boyfriend and, you know, seeks revenge um, by all means. Um, and then Hope is the, the other side of the story, the, the daughter figure who, whose life was somehow ruined by some person. So she spends her whole life, like, working out a revenge and then enacting it. <laughs> like, it's literally the same Lifetime movie I've seen, like, 10,000 times. <laughs> so congratulations, The 100, <laughs> on creating Lifetime movie channel in your well, show. Well, I mean, I can't, I can't wait for the Christmas movie, um, where someone goes back home and they're with an asshole in their big city life and then they fall for like the you know the local milkman i don't know whatever anyway um before before we wrap things up i think uh you know we would be obviously remiss in not talking about bellamy's betrayal um how about that huh clark clark (sighs) whispered a little secret and belly bellamy just gave that shit right up How'd you, how'd you I, feel about it, Bubs? Well, I mean, I was already salty because the whole, like, um, with the cliffhanger scene when, when Bellamy was like, together. I'm like, stop just destroying everything that made Bullark special. Just giving it to everybody else. <laughs> um, so to now add to this, now it's like, and, and I think what pisses me off most, which is not really the show's fault, but because they're so plugged in, it's kind of the show's fault, is... Um, one of, like, the fandom war topics is the whole, um, why would you ship Bellark? Because, like, they always betray each other. And I'm like, great. (laughs) Just gonna add to that narrative. (laughs) Um, I mean, no, it was shitty. And, and this, like, this is, like, what I said before about, um, Bellamy's turn. I understand him being intrigued and maybe kind of believing it a little bit. Um, but without any context or really knowing what's going on on Bardo, just like turning on Clark in a split second, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So obviously he, he didn't think that, um, that it was doing anything bad, um, that, or that he was, that this is going to hurt Clark. I don't think he thought this was in any way going to hurt Clark. Um, I, but it, yeah, I mean, sorry, what? But, 
Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, but it's one of those things where it's like, somebody asks you not to do something. And so in that moment, like, the only thing you can't undo is doing that thing, right? <laughs> so you can wait. You can, like, pause and see what's going on and then decide, like, oh, you know what, you know, maybe even try to convince Clark that, like, you understand what's going on. You saw all the shit. Like, tell her about all this crazy shit you saw mm -hmm. and how, like, you are questioning things and you think that, like, Bill Cadigan isn't bad, maybe. Like, maybe maybe they should mm -hmm. just tell him and see, like, how, how to proceed from there, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah. like, the broken fl um, flame is still useful and they can go get I mean, it. They, they showed very you obvious know? Clark and Gaia burying it. So, like, I'm sure that this is, you know, going to be it's, a thing. It's there some, yeah, it's there somewhere. So it's kind of like the fact that he, it's just so plot motivated to do that in that moment and make it a betrayal. Um, I mean, and that's what makes it shitty. You know, it's not good storytelling. What did you think about it, Shaheen? Um, no, I understand what, um, was it a surprise? Um, it, like, did you? It wasn't a surprise in the sense that if you know, since I believed that Bellamy had been convinced, it wasn't a surprise for me that he would do that. Um, it, but the the speed at which he did that, I agree. Like it, it would have made more sense to. I mean, you know, it's there's no rush. You can tell him. You can tell Cadigan later. Um, so you, you could have thought about it a little more and just like maybe ask what's going on or, uh, and yeah, like try to convince Clark, etc. I agree with all of that. Um, on the other hand, that's what they do on this show. Like they never give their decisions time. That's, that's I've, I've complained about this a lot on this show. Like, you know, ever since the bombing of Tan DC, the uh, Mount Weather genocide. I don't think those were the only options. They were like, okay, here it is. There are two options, A and B. What do we do? Or, or here we go. And it's like, dude, no, wait, just one second. There's, there's, <laughs> there are other options or maybe like we can wait a little. I don't know. Like it's always, they always do that. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. It, it like, he could have waited. Yeah, I mean, this one wasn't even a time-sensitive one, the way that um, Mount Weather or Tondi yeah. see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I question the, the time-sensitive element a little bit, but yeah, it's... This one was not time-sensitive? This one wasn't time-sensitive at all. I mean, it didn't seem... I mean, I know they wanted like start the last war yeah. as soon as possible. We've got to get to our fighting. Like, or according and to Jordan plot, plot, plot. and his, you know, Korean great grandfather, it might also just be a test. Hard to say. TBD. <laughs> um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about the episode before we get into our well actuallys and petty bullshit? Oh, I mean, I already talked about how I don't like that this is Bellamy's final story. I mean, I'm glad that he finally had an episode to himself, but it's. I just envisioned like a really great heroic goodbye because i feel that he's definitely dying before the finale um and the fact that this is how he's going to go out is just is he going to go out ins going back insult and, injury. and saving clark at all or is he going to go out trying to like be a fucking cult member 
Um, <laughs> or is it the fact that I have to ask this question you and it could be either deeply upsetting? Yeah. <laughs> Option C. The last one. <laughs> no, it's probably going to be like something echo related and you're just like, great. No one, nobody cares. <laughs> Except for the people who care because it upsets Bullark fans like me. <laughs> we live um, on your salty tears. What? We live on your salty tears. Right? Somebody has a mug out there that says Bubbles Tears. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then the other thing was, oh, my, my one little Bullark win was um, when Clark goes in for the hug, she blocks Echo <laughs> from, it was just like, the blocking is literally she blocks Echo as she goes in for the hug. And I was like, well, I mean, if that's the least you can give us, your I will take You're- my... No, it's not even a crumb. It's a crumb of a crumb of a crumb. <laughs> it's a nano crumb. It's like the cork that was nearest to a crumb that was left like two weeks ago. <laughs> um, do you have anything else on this episode, Shaheen, before we get to Well Actuallys? I don't think so. All right. Well, how about you go first on Well Actuallys if you have anything? And or petty um, bullshit, you know, I've, I've changed right. the heading in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of nano... <laughs> oh, that's actually a great uh, segue. Nano, nano <laughs> crumbs. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I, I mean, at least we know, remember, we were like, how do they keep their whites so white? Um, and um, I think in this episode, at least we found out that they're not nanotech. That they do um, get dirty? Yeah. <laughs> That's something. So, we're not self-cleaning. Um, and then, um, this was, you know, we, I've talked about this is, I don't know, it's not like a, well, actually, really, it's more of a philosophical objection. A memory doesn't work like a video camera. Like, it's... You will dial the way that, like, <laughs> Yeah. You know, the, 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 the thing with, like, Levitt... Rewinding the guy's memory, that's not how memory works. Um, Enhance. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, Bubs? Um, I this is actually something I feel like half the time our podcast is like a reaction to Selena's in- article. Right. It depends on when, um, when when her review comes out and when we record this podcast, whether or true. not we've read them. Yeah, sometimes yeah, sometimes I'm not reading it. Um but the whole thing where it, that she points out that all the character dynamics fall apart without Bellamy um, is so true because you you have like that room of like Clark, Octavia, and Echo who are nothing to each other. <laughs> um, it, those relationships are never built up. Like there's only ever conflict. Like there is never like I think yeah, Clark and Echo shared like one really embarrassing, cringy hug. Um, but that's it. Like, they don't, they haven't spent time together. They haven't, like, bonded over anything. Like, it's just, like, without Bellamy, you're just like, why are you guys all here? And <laughs> Gabriel being there, it's like, just go home. Yeah, Gabriel being there. Literally. And I mean, no like, offense does to your, Is your mom asking, like, you know, it's like that kid that stays too long. Like, is your mom going to pick you up? Like, what? what's what's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> oh, my God, that's totally it. Oh my god, I've probably I've probably been that kid. <laughs> I'm gonna pick you up. Yeah. Um. All right. I don't really have any it's too much. Well, actually, it's just more like, and we discussed this in the pod. Like, I'm gonna be really salty if they actually decide to be like, actually, it really is mysticism and magic and God and stuff like that because those aren't the rules that we have been operating <sighs> under. So, like, 
Yeah. I, I, I don't want that, and I'm going to be salty if it happens. Um, I don't think it will be because Jason is – he really looks down on religion. Um, He's a raging atheist. Here's hoping. Yeah, so, but, like, maybe maybe if it's a religion that he made up, he'll feel differently okay. about it. <laughs> like, I think that his, his character insert this season it's is Cadigan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 100%. <laughs> he gave him his, like, goatee, his long hair. Like, literally, he stylized him the same way. The way that he tried to stylize Bellamy after himself, and he tried to stylize Kane after himself. Like, eventually, every character gets a goatee and long hair. So... <laughs> Um, all right. Uh well, all the so all the sanctimonious pompous assholes are are, are done. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you guys watching, reading, consuming media wise? I just watched um and I remember when Netflix recommended this ages ago, and I was just like, I don't know, like it sounds really stressful. But the train to Busan, which is a um Korean zombie movie that takes place on a train for the most part. Um, I finally watched it and it is amazing. Like it is, um, if the hundred ever gets you down where with the whole, like us versus them and like the whole love is weakness stuff. Like this is like the antithesis of that. And it's just like, so the protagonist is a hedge fund manager and his daughter um, who are trying to go home for her birthday. Um, the father was kind of like just a workaholic. Um, the daughter really felt like he didn't care about her. Um, and so you kind of see him become a team player, not because he wasn't like, he, you know, so much of it is like you have the people who start off as team players and these po- post-apocalyptic shows slash movies is always about them breaking down and becoming like, you know, survivors and for themselves. And this was like the opposite of that story, which was really amazing to watch. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought like, it is scary, but it's like, um, there's moments when it's like really scary. That's it's campy enough to kind of like get you through it. Um, so I completely recommend it to everybody. Okay. I think it's the same director as, um, Parasite. Okay. Which was the Academy Award winner. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what about you, Shane? Anything, anything media related in your life? Um, no, I don't have anything this week. All right, fine. Um, we're still making our way through the Umbrella Academy. Um, we finished season one, uh, which was good. It was solid. Um, but season two is a huge improvement. Um, so they kind of really figured out what, what works and kind of let characters kind of some characters that were kind of downers in season one are now like really fucking funny in season two. Um, they, you know, course corrected really hard with Ellen page, um, which I think was, was the right move. Um, and yeah, it's, it's good. I think, I think, uh, we'll probably finish it up in the next couple of days, um, depending on how much TV we get through. Um, but it's, it's good. It's funny. It's kind of, it's not quite a comic, it's, it's not a, it's not a superhero show. It is people who have powers, but everyone is kind of a terrible person, but not quite as terrible people as watching the boys, for example. Mm. Um, but it's good. It's, it's fucking funny. Like season two is really, really funny. Um, so it's on Netflix if you want something sort of, quirky and funny and light but you know a little serious at times um it's it's very good for f- found family but not found family because technically they are a family but 
they kind of were estranged. And so they kind of, these, these siblings who were all adopted kind of come back together and find each other. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I, I definitely recommend it. Um, watch the Umbrella Academy. Um, do you guys have anything else before I wrap this the fuck up? I will take your silence. Um, yeah, although I'm just, so I Google trained to Brissana now. I don't know that it was the same guy who did. Um, Parasite. Yeah, so don't hold me to that. Okay. I might be lying. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Bubs might be full of shit. Um, <laughs> next episode, 712, The Stranger, um, which, fun fact, is a term for um, making your hand go numb and then masturbating with it. Wait, what? Uh, what? Susan <laughs> again. So, fuck. So The Stranger is the name of the episode, but it is also a term for if you, like, let, like sit on your hand so it goes numb. And then use that hand to masturbate because you can't oh. actually feel like it feels, I guess, allegedly it feels like a stranger giving you a handy of sorts. Oh. Um, so whether or not that was intentional, I guess we'll find out. Um, I'm curious whether or not we'll fucking see Gaia again. Gaia is this year's Jordan. So maybe she's here. Maybe she's not. Who knows? Maybe her. we'll never see her ever again. And that was her death. And tralala. Um Thanks for thanks for hanging out and yelling about TV uh, this afternoon, guys. Yep. Take it easy, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.